0: Manoj Joshi is a distinguished fellow at the Observer Research Foundation in New Delhi. Dr. Joshi has been a journalist specialising on national and international politics and a commentator and columnist on these issues. First of all, uh, great to see you once again, Doctor. Great to see you, Mike. Look, you're an active writer and analyst. What subjects do you enjoy writing about the most?
1: Well, you know, that depends in the sense I write a lot and uh if I follow something, there are some things which I'm more familiar with, there are other things which I have to uh, uh, research a lot, meaning just to get one little thing right uh, requires a lot of search, meaning I uh, don't like to do it casually. I, do, I don't like to be caught up uh, in anything uh, where someone says, well, you made a mistake there. Uh, so. Um, and in the era of the Internet, a lot of that is possible, I meaning you can search, but you've got to know what to search and you've got to, uh, what should I say, be persistent. And often uh, you get a lot of material, but there are some issues in which I'm more familiar with. Uh, you know, for example, I've written a book on Kashmir. So. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with Kashmir, India, Pakistan issues or India, China issues uh, which I can quickly write but then often you need to uh, get your dates right or your facts right and uh, memory sometimes plays a trick uh, if things, um, if, you're, if you're writing about something uh, which happened a long time ago and these are things for which you can't get easy reference books that you can say maybe you open a book and say okay what are the facts of so they use used to be in the old days, these yearbooks, you know, but mm. those were mainly available in libraries. And uh, now you sort of got mainly, uh, you know, got to do with Uncle Google and uh, Google helps
0: and uh, uh, get your facts uh, straight. And even with Google, though, it tends to, tends to be a little bit, um, uh, it, it, its bias sometimes isn't hidden. So... Uh, what you may want to search for is not what you might get. Uh, I know there's a saying there somewhere, and uh, maybe we could put pen to paper and, and claim the rights to that saying. But it's the, 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 the information you get how do you separate what you, the information that's black and white, how do you separate that from the emotion of what you feel?
1: Well, I think, you know. Uh... I come from a kind of old school of journalists where facts are sacred mm-hmm. and uh, opinion is a matter of opinion. And uh, so I think you can't uh, and shouldn't uh, be wrong on fact. Uh, but then, of course, uh, there are versions of a particular fact and uh, you've got to get it straight uh, what exactly happened. Uh, it's not easy because uh, because uh, I, I work in uh, mainly in English. And uh, there are sometimes, uh, but again, uh, Google is helpful. Uh, You know, take an even complicated language like Chinese. Uh, Google used to be terrible about four or five years ago. But over time, that Google Translate has improved a lot, a great deal. And so you can use it effectively uh, to even look at original Chinese sources, you know, of uh, a particular event or uh, something that's happened. Uh, The only problem is that the uh, you've got to work at it because, you know, uh, the, the uh, Google Translate won't translate everything on the website. You've, you've got to understand. Uh, you've got to know, for example, that, you know, uh, Shinhua is the official news agency. Uh, so Shinwa has put this out. This is an official version, whereas some stuff comes out in their version of social media. Uh, so you've got to take that with a pinch of salt. So there is a lot of. Uh, what should I say? Uh, there are a lot of mental corrections you've got to make along the way to know what exactly uh, where exactly uh, you're looking at material uh, to be sure. Like if something is, uh, the US is putting out something, uh, you should be able to get to the State Department website and see what they've had to say on the issue rather than pick it up from a newspaper you know, which may have its own biases. Mm. That's the point I'm trying to make, that in today's world it is possible for a guy sitting in remote corner of India or anywhere uh, to be able to access the website of the United States State Department or the Chinese Foreign Ministry <laughs> And to, but the Chinese of course there's one problem that uh, sometimes the English version they put out is not as complete as their Chinese version. Now that only someone who knows fluent Mandarin can make out so there is a handicap of sorts because they they, they do some kind of uh, pre-censoring uh, of what they put
0: out, mm. and I suppose though the the essence of the story, you can cut through the uh, the superfluous uh, bits uh, and still get to the uh, to the nitty gritty, as they would say. Look, journalism. I mean, you said you're old school. It, it, journalism, it seems, and it's knocked a lot these days, seems to rely on social media too much. What's your thoughts on that?
1: You know, I think, and as I said, um, I am old school Mm. uh, and I also understand the value of editorial uh, intervention. In the sense, uh, what I'm trying to say is that I am in the field. I send out a report. There's an editor who's usually a guy who himself has been a field reporter. Who looks at it and says well you know we need to get this and this as well so please get uh, get back to me on these two points but what happens in social media is you just let it all out meaning you just you just put it out meaning yeah. so everyone thinks he's an editor so there is no editorial control and the result is a lot of junk gets out a lot of fake stuff gets out sometimes inadvertently but of course sometimes deliberately
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the point i'm trying to make is that in the old uh, orthodox news system someone is responsible meaning if something gets out uh, so it's the whole chain it's the reporter the editor the, uh, the, the and, and you know the various editors who go up the line uh, they're all responsible and even legally uh, as they say in an indian newspaper at the back it's written that legally so and so is responsible for the selection of news uh, it's a little notice that comes out uh, behind every newspaper. But when you're talking of social media, no one seems to be responsible. You know, uh, everyone puts out uh, uh, what they think is um, uh, a fact, hmm. and even websites, you know, sometimes uh, uh, simply overlook this uh,
0: uh, this issue of responsibility uh, when you put uh, uh, off what you put out. What's your thoughts on? Because there seems to be a, a you know, a lot of group think. I mean, you go to, I mean, if, if you see a, um, a press conference, for example, uh, and I'll, I'll use um, Donald Trump as an example, in that room you have this group think or, you know, almost a, a group distaste or a group hate. And the narrative that then comes out of that news conference, there's a, uh, a defensive mechanism from, for example, the, uh, the government of the day, and there's this aggressive think or approach from the journalist and they have in their mind a particular outcome before the question is asked. What do you think about that? Do you, you think that's a, a thing that's slipped into, um, into, say, journalism these days? And do you think it sort of waters down the, uh, you know, the, the true meaning of being a journalist?
1: I think so. I think there is uh, there is an, uh, an element of groupthink. I think you know the uh, uh, the the system whether it's, it's the the uh, is more divided. People are more divided. They they have they have opinions and they allow the opinions to color the the, the, the facts of the day. And then of course uh, uh, we shouldn't uh, governments and uh, people who are putting out news. Uh, they are not above trying to manipulate the the outcome of a particular uh, statement or, or 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 putting out kind of stuff which is, is in itself biased. So cutting through all that, and that I, I think is the difference between a good journalist and a bad journalist. That is that you know that this is happening, you know that there are biases, <clears throat> you know there is groupthink, you know that governments are trying to put a put one across on you. And you also know that you have to uh, over time have a certain relationship let's say if if i'm a white house correspondent i've got to have a relationship with the white house as Mm -hmm. well so i can't burn it uh, easily because in the sense if i'm going to be working there uh, i have to also to be sensitive of my longer term relationship so it shouldn't be a case that i set everything on fire because you know i'm very uh, insistent that uh, it has to be my way or the highway uh, it can't be like that because often uh, the the news you get uh, you know comes from relationships that you develop with officials so it's, as I was, you get some stuff um uh, uh, off the record uh, someone calls you 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 talk to the person the person you know kind of uh, uh, trusts you Mm. And I think the trust should be given on one point which should be clear, that you're not going to undermine the integrity of your reporting. Mm. I mean, you don't mind putting a point of view across, but it should not be at the cost, cost of the integrity of your report. Mm. Your, you, your report, uh, Because eventually you, you are
0: working for the reader. Do you think we'll ever go back to just reporting, or do you think the emotion and the bias is is here to stay?
1: You know, I think, uh, as they say, it's very difficult to get the toothpaste back into the tube. And uh, social media has done certain things. Uh, See, first of all, everyone's become an expert, meaning uh, in the old days, you had the newspaper and uh, people who had different point of view, they wrote a letter to the editor. Now, I'm not saying that that is somewhat elitist you know in the sense uh, some of the uh, only a few people managed to get their point of view across today yes everyone has a point of view, point of view but they don't understand the responsibility that comes with putting across that point of view so you abuse someone you 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 call someone names you do uh, all sorts of stuff uh, uh, so mostly I'm mean, saying people like me we simply ignore it uh, but the, the, um, uh, there are other people who are looking on to that. I mean, that's why I've avoided uh, Twitter, for example. Uh, it's much too intense, uh, requires a lot, lot of effort um, on your part to follow it or to, to keep up with it. So uh, I know that in uh, many of my reports uh, or, or columns, uh, I get some you know, abuse and that kind of stuff. Uh, One would like to respond and say, no, 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 you're wrong. But then I realized that it is a pathology, meaning that guy who has uh, written that uh, is not really dealing with facts. He's dealing with his own uh, worldview. And that worldview is a very nasty and narrow uh, worldview. Uh, And so there's little point in getting back. My, my my worry is that in the sense, where does this social media, you know, this concept of anonymity that you can, because you are anonymous, you can say whatever you like. You can abuse people, racist abuse, gender abuse, uh, and all kind of stuff. Uh, and sometimes I wonder uh, whether or not, uh, you know, we uh, need to get away from the anonymous social media thing that make it, mandatory that everyone's identity must be a known identity and that uh, that that any every, uh, anyone can be held to account now people would say that's more like the chinese internet you know mm. chinese social media and that's probably true but i wonder what's going to happen now uh, that, uh, if you notice uh, people like google facebook and others are under a lot of pressure uh, by various countries on what they are putting, I think Australia has some uh, has has fined someone, uh, one of these guys uh, on opinions and all. Uh, Australia says you got to pay for your uh, the news. So at some point, uh, this issue of responsibility will come up. That if in your platform uh, this scurrilous piece has come out, who is responsible mm. and who ought to pay for it? You know. Uh, so I think. Maybe we might move to a point where people can't hide behind uh, you know, uh, uh, an anonymous um, uh, web link or an anonymous uh, handle mm. or something like that. So maybe that will make people more responsible.
0: I often see journalists um, who would be 21, 22 years old maybe. Um, Um, An example being, there was an article about that Donald Trump was the next antichrist and that he was a terrible person and that he didn't know what he's doing with the government, with fiscal policy, with this and that and whatever. So I thought, I'm going to just check out the journal here because I would like to see what experience this journalist has. And the journalist had an experience as an assistant editor at a women's magazine at a university uh, and a very far left one. And her next job was as a travel blogger that travelled enjoying freebies from hotels and whatever. And then her next job was writing about the next coming of the Antichrist being Donald (laughs) Trump. And I just thought, (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, and I actually wanted to write and I thought, no, I have to calm down here because it's not just the girl's fault for writing such absolute garbage. It's also mm-hmm. her boss's, her editor's fault for making her do yes. that. And yes. obviously, it was for clickbait. You know, the, the narrative for the last four years is that Donald Trump is the Antichrist and uh, or a Martian, mm-hmm. or combined both, or the Loch Ness monster has come out in Washington. But the 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 the, the, the journalist, this twenty-two year old journalist, take aside that she has no experience. She doesn't know Mm -hmm. what she's talking about the experience in life it's not there and they yet they they send these these young kids out to write stories about life and they have no it's like a someone on a music show who uh, have two minutes to sing a song about broken hearts and love and that sort of stuff and they're 11 years old it it just doesn't carry (laughs) it doesn't carry water but for a journalist you know, the credibility, the, the respect and the credibility, integrity is paramount, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Meaning I even today, uh, I'm willing to challenge anyone uh, to find out, uh, to, to, to tell me that this report that you wrote was a, was a fake one or you were taken for a ride on this one. And uh, so I'm quite proud of that. And that's uh, I have a pretty old record. And so far, uh, no one's uh, really taken it up. And uh, But, you know, the thing is, uh, uh, journalists, uh, you know, when I, when I started out, journalists were groomed. For example, in the first five years uh, of my journalism, I didn't get a byline, mm-hmm. meaning uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, our, our newspaper was extremely conservative. It's a South Indian newspaper. And uh, so people like me, a young uh, reporter, wouldn't get a byline. So I wouldn't get used to the idea that of, of look, seeing my name in print and feeling, you know, getting uh, my head all swollen up, you know. <laughs> uh, so so you learned, the how, so you reported because there was no byline. It didn't make, a, you know, you, mm. you, you, your ego, you didn't get any ego kick as such. And so you learned straightforward reporting to start with, you see. hmm and uh, uh, when you reached a certain senior rank then you started getting bylines you know and, so, and so did the, your, did your this, head
0: swell though when you got those bylines <laughs> no,
1: no, no, no well no i think by that time you had you had uh, you were much more uh, level headed what, what level headed yes. you know and uh, much more level headed and you didn't uh, uh, you didn't do irresponsible things you had learned much more about the profession. Mm. Uh, as I said,
0: you had learned about relationships. You had learned about the consequences of what you can do. Were you are you a masochist by heart, and that you decided to become a journalist to enjoy pain?
1: <laughs> Not really. I just simply drifted into it. You know, I uh, I liked writing. I wrote. I was a columnist, and frankly, when I was off, uh, I was working at a, as a research uh, specialist. I specialized on the US. Uh, I was working in uh, uh, this uh, person I knew who uh, was the editor of a newspaper and who's also owned a family that owned that newspaper, uh, offered me a job. And uh, he, ha- I was in Hyderabad in southern India at that time, and he, I think, had envisaged a job for me in uh, Mumbai. But uh, I needed to come to Delhi because my wife had just taken up a job here and uh, actually I didn't even know what a journalist uh, what a reporter did what a uh, you know j- special correspondent did uh, and I took up the job <laughs> so so I kind of uh, virt- i I wanted to come to Delhi because my wife had taken up a job here
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so I said sure and here I landed up and uh, was uh, kind of taught journalism quick time Uh, by my senior colleagues, Mm. but uh, I I drifted into it, meaning, um, and as I told you, the paper didn't give you bylines, so no one, uh, I I could report all I cared. whereas my other contemporaries did get bylines, Mm. meaning the people who worked in other newspapers, but my newspaper was prestigious in the sense that uh, reports carried there were considered, uh, you know, kind of uh, um, kosher,
0: And uh, uh, so I was happy that I was working for this uh, uh, top grade newspaper. One of the stories to come out of the election is big tech, um, which is basically social media going hand in hand with mainstream media, too, which is not spoken a a lot about. How does India treat these powerful social media companies?
1: Well, you know, we've had a recent, uh, um, uh, the, most of the social media companies, uh, they have been very careful to stay on the right side of the government. Uh, and the reason is because they look at, the, the social media companies are looking at India as a market, not as uh, people who are aggregators and disseminators of, of news. So the way they look at it is that they, they see India as a huge market and they they, they see the importance uh, because they don't have access to China, because that's, that's the uh, uh, important thing. And uh, so they want to make sure that they don't cross the government in any way. And in turn, the government more or less uh, lets them do what they want. But as it is well known that some of the uh, uh, some of the largest amount of queries to to to, to uh, uh, what do they say to, to, to remove certain news items or certain remove certain things uh, on the net uh, often come from India from uh, which means from government sources so the government has a, a, a uh, I think a very careful relationship with them and they in turn are uh, are uh, somewhat careful uh, that they don't uh, they're not seen uh, uh, you know sort of being anti government. But more important is the fact that the present government in India uh, is, um, uh, what should I say, Uh, is very good in using social media. uh, In in, uh, 2014, when Mr. Modi became the prime minister, one of the things that marked out his campaign was a very skillful use of social media. So they've created, what should I say, troll armies. They've created a media cell which puts out fake stuff. They put out. They have. Uh, they have uh, uh, websites that specialize in 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 in, in uh, twisting uh, news items, putting out uh, uh, their point of view. Mm-hmm. So they are on top of their game. They are on top of the game. So they don't have a problem. And this is where uh, social media companies have been very careful. Just the other day, uh, the Wall Street Journal ran a story. Uh, saying that uh, Facebook had, um, uh, uh, had wanted to put a particular organization that is affiliated to the ruling party called Bajrang Dal uh, in a list of violent organizations. And uh, 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 or, or Facebook has, had, refused, had, had refused the suggestion of putting that organization's name in their list of violent organizations. And uh, the the organization itself went ballistic, you know, and uh, the the, the uh, accusing the, the Wall Street Journal of bias, etc. But I think Wall Street Journal is right. We all know that organization. Everyone knows that it specializes in violence. Uh, and uh, the fact that Facebook has hesitated to put it on its list uh, itself
0: tells the story. Global warming, uh, climate emergencies, global reset. Uh, what else is there? Are Green New Deals all being pushed by the rich left leaning governments and billionaires? Are these relevant or are they of concern to, to India or they are they just the things that happen in the States, which is just about everything?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it works very differently. Meaning in India, uh, our uh, rich people are not particularly philanthropic, you know and they're still making money they're still in the phase of making uh, money uh, india is still a market that is emerging in the sense there's money to be made here uh, in the us uh, uh, you have a somewhat different you have a you have someone like you know bill gates who's kind of uh, completely uh, uh, after making money uh, uh, with uh, microsoft uh, is basically uh, pushing various things from 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 uh, the vaccine alliance to climate change, uh, etc. Uh, I think there is a relevance, and I think the in India too, uh, the 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 rich need to be uh, much more sensitive of the of the concerns of society, of the of the larger issues, and not leave it just to government because the tendency here. Is it just leave it to government? That's the government's job. That's not my job, you know, uh, uh, climate change, uh, vaccines and all that Uh, uh, is. is, And I think the rich people do have a responsibility, uh, especially in a country where you have a very large number of very, very poor people. I mean, the people often think of India, you know, Bangalore, Mumbai or these kind of things. Uh, But just the last week, there was a report uh, uh, of stunting, you know, that uh, children get stunted because they don't get enough food to eat. Mm -hmm. And stunting has increased in India. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, you like to, uh, India likes to project itself as some kind of a wannabe superpower. But uh, on the other hand, you have uh, a large proportion, 30, 40 Percent of the children are stunted, meaning they they, they don't grow fully uh, uh, because uh, they don't get enough to eat and they don't get adequate nutrition.
0: You see, that now change? these are issues. Will that change though? Do, will you know the poor become less? Like for, look at China for example, the um, they're a nation basically yeah. of middle class, unless you don't agree with uh, President Xi. But do you, Will that change in India? Do you think the, 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 the poor well, class will become middle class?
1: Well, I, I certainly hope so, but I don't think, it, uh, you know, back in 2008, 2010, around that time, I thought maybe that would happen mm-hmm. in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to, today, I don't think so, uh, because India was growing and uh, we had actually touched, touched, for the first time, double-digit growth at that time. At the end of the day, you know, all this is the function of growth. If you can't, uh, uh, unless you grow economically, you can't do all the other stuff. Mm. You know, uh, even in China, even now, there they are remnants of poverty, which they are trying to uh, take care of. But they have uh, shifted six, seven, eight hundred million people out of poverty. That has been the great uh, meaning uh, beyond. You know, when we look at China, the, the, the big thing has been uh, their ability to shift people, hundreds of millions of people out of poverty. Uh, that has not happened in India. And that does not look like it's going to happen uh, very soon mm. because we do not seem to have, uh, we, uh, you know, to put it very in, in very blunt term, we just simply don't have our act together. We don't seem to have a plan. We don't seem to be moving in a certain direction. Uh, we seem to be, uh, we seem to have a, uh, a government which is more interested in winning elections. See this is a, a paradox that uh, if I win election and I remain in power but then what are you going to do by win after winning the election what's your goal? where do you want to go
2: mm.
1: and there all we uh, all we are getting are kind of slogans uh, you know that this project, that project but nothing really moves mm. and at the end of the day as I said, uh, it's a very blunt thing. It's a percentage of growth. Meaning you show me 10% of growth for a decade, you know And things will happen But if you can't show me that uh, Telling me that we have this scheme for the poor. We have that scheme for the uh, These guys and we have uh, give us uh, we have this slogan for this uh, this group that doesn't work There is the very bottom line uh, thing issue out here uh, which is simply uh, economic growth and that somehow uh, we're simply not growing fast enough uh, to be able to have
0: that kind of effect uh, that China has had if you um, if you want the country to be more productive you've got to have more energy and uh, unfortunately the uh, energy these days still is uh, is not renewables it's coal um, what's the uh, what's your policy? for renewables in India. So which way does India go? Does it go uh, with renewables, which are hopeless, or does it go with coal, which is not hopeless?
1: Well, actually, I must say that uh, we have not done too badly on, uh, on the broad front that you're speaking of, in the sense we do have a substantial uh, solar energy sector, uh, which is doing well, but... Uh, But at the same time, we depend on coal, because unless you have that kind of hard energy, uh, you're not going to be um, getting into manufacturing. The problem is not power. This is a strange uh, uh, situation that we are in. Uh, India today um, uh, has excess power. uh, If you look at the installed capacity and generation capacity uh, that we have, our problem is that people can't afford to buy that power. Mm. Or that power is, uh, when I say people, I, I'm talking of the, of the poor people out in the countryside. Uh, most villages are connected. So the, if you ask the government, they say, yes, we've linked up all the villages uh, with electricity. But the point is, having a little pole out there with, a, with an electric bulb uh, is not linking the village. Mm. What, what we're really talking about is uh, the utilization of that power Uh, for running a pump maybe to run uh, a factory or whatever it is Mm. so that part that part is not happening because you simply uh, uh, India has not been able to get its manufacturing revolution going Mm. because unless and until India becomes a manufacturing country it can't absorb the poor people from the uh, countryside you know the uh, our agriculture most of the holdings are fragmented. They're very small holdings. Mm-hmm. People can, can barely make enough to eat themselves from those holdings. And uh, so you need to move those people away, uh, f- but you have to give them an alternative. So you got, to, and that's what's happened in all countries, meaning in the, look at the US uh, today kind of, uh, officially, uh, rural people are one percent of the U.S., mm. you know, mm. though agro, agro industry is a big thing in the U.S., but uh, rural people are one percent. Mm. But that's because you created a services and manufacturing uh, establishment where those people could get find work. Now, in India, that hasn't happened. So the result is 60 percent of India's working uh, population still lives in the villages. But they are uh, grossly underemployed or unemployed. You see, and the question is, what kind of equity can you give them? Can you give them good education? But if you give them education, then you must give find uh, have some where they can be employed. Mm. See, so this whole thing is uh, comes together. When I mean, you have the manufacturing revolution, um, uh, there must be investment there. Then the people start uh, moving from the uh, the the urbanizing, if I may put it that way, uh, moving from the countryside to these places because poverty, uh, you know, in India is really rural. Meaning, uh, you may see poor people in the cities, but the really poor people live in the villages and they die quietly, uh, hungry. Uh,
0: So that that's uh, the the reality uh, Hmm. of poverty. Hmm. Terrible. what about Joe Biden? You're optimistic about Joe Biden being more effective than than Donald Trump in constraining China's more aggressive instincts. Why would that be? I mean, I would think that Joe Biden, with all the um, stuff that's going down at the moment, would be more receptive well, I, to being pushed around by China than than Donald. So maybe I'm wrong.
1: Well, you know, he does the uh, Biden comes uh, with the Obama administration baggage. Mm-hmm. And Obama was not uh, very effective uh, on that front. And uh, but if you look at the, uh, the, the Trump policy, uh, one of its biggest failings was that it completely ignored the allies. Mm. And actually, uh, allies, when I say allies, I mean countries like South Korea, Japan, uh, you know, uh, because if you've got to push back uh, uh, China, uh, it's much better to take a group of countries with you. you see you' not we are not talking of making war on China. What we are talking of is to put forward a solid united front which sends the message to China that look uh, you can't do this and if you do this there are there will be consequences. But if you try and do it alone it often doesn't work. And alone often there's a tendency you can send in a warship, you can send in aircraft carriers. But you know that's not going to do the uh, the trick mm. meaning uh, promoting uh, war is not a good idea you can't stop China by just war mm. you got to uh, uh, it has to be a more sophisticated policy but which unites and countries already agreed meaning yes the China uh, is misbehaving what they need is leadership from the United States you see mm. what they need is leadership effective policy uh, you tell China you know mm. You do this, then these will be the consequences. You do that, then these will be the consequences. And I think that uh, Biden has definitely a better chance because um, uh, Trump was simply not inclined to this, meaning Trump uh, uh, simply ignored, meaning everyone forgets that Trump actually made a deal with China in January 2020. In January 2020, the US signed a phase one trade deal with China. And if that phase one trade deal had come through and if Covid wasn't there, US-China trade would have grown by 200 billion dollars. We needed to become even more uh, intense relationship. So when people say that uh, Trump has been blocking China, I don't quite agree with it. He, he uh, Some of his officials like Mike Pompeo and others have been taking a, a tough line, but Trump himself has not been particularly interested in that Trump's interest was really on the tariffs
2: mm.
1: and on the tariff side uh, he has succeeded but but there are question marks in the sense that who's paid for those tariffs meaning many people say it's the American public which has had to pay mm. uh, you know higher prices uh, for certain things so so I have a, a question marks about Trump's policy because he was all he was ready to make a deal. He was all set for a deal, and he had made a deal. Mm -hmm. And uh, if COVID hadn't intervened, uh, we don't know what would have been uh, um, uh, the result of that. Whereas I think in the case of Biden, uh, um, I'm hoping that he has uh, learned lessons, uh, or the people around him have also learned lessons uh, from their handling of China in the Obama period, and that they will be more effective, more persistent, and... uh, Uh, get the region together. Get get the whole region together, which means uh, ASEAN, most of ASEAN, because some of ASEAN will not come with the the US, uh, but getting Philippines, Japan, uh, Vietnam, Australia, India, uh, you know, all of them combined can put up a front uh, and which will send the required message to China. Because as I said, I don't see war as an option, meaning there's uh,
0: the... the, the uh, I, 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 I think it's, it would be a bad idea to think in those terms. I think it'd be probably uh, a disastrous idea to think in those terms. Are you, were you just... Your observation of the election, I mean, have you ever seen a more shambolic... <laughs> a continuing saga? I mean, how could you run a federal hmm. or a national election... With every county responsible, but it's, they're like little mini mini elections. So you're going to yes. have all the buyers from small towns and small areas, and you know large cities that are the left, and large cities that are the right, and they all had their input. And at the moment, we're seeing a uh, a whole whole system. Uh, it's just been decimated. Have you been? And probably I know the answer to this, but have you been disturbed about these occurrences?
1: Uh, Mike, I told you that I began life as a U.S. specialist, meaning mm-hmm. I did my Ph.D. on the U.S. and uh, studied the system. And uh, the One thing that has always struck me is how antiquated that system is. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mean, saying so the very fact that between election and inaugural, uh, it takes almost two months, more mm-hmm. than two months, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and you're right about the election system, uh, the, the very complicated and the electoral system. Mm-hmm. You know the that you have electors and then the electors elect the president. <clears throat> the whole system is actually uh, uh, now uh, you have two senators in in in, in uh, California and you have two senators in Wyoming and Wyoming only has 300,000 people. or something think like that. And California had 30 million plus. So so the principal basis of a democracy that I must get equal representation. Okay, that Mm -hmm. uh, some guy living in Perth must be represented by as many people as someone living in Sydney, Mm. you see. But that's not happening in in the United States. Uh, uh, United States democracy uh, is in desperate need for reform, structural Mm. and organizational reform. You can't have a situation where uh, in the Senate you require super majorities to pass anything.
2: Mm.
1: You know, if you don't have 60 seats, you've had it. You know, but that's ridiculous, meaning, uh, uh, of course, I come from a parliamentary democracy. uh, But at the same time, the U.S. system had its strengths. But I think now what is happening is that it is ossifying. And it's in dire need of uh, reform. The U.S. itself, uh, uh, you can't have a situation where you're spending $750 billion on defense and uh, your infrastructure is coming apart. Uh, Your uh, people are living in the streets. I mean this is supposed to be the richest country in the world Mm. Uh, 20 30 million people don't have medical insurance because they can't afford it Mm -hmm. So it's uh, so it's not just the election which is shambolic that whole society has become uh, You know kind of the whole thing is coming apart. I don't know how uh, It's it's very rich very powerful. Uh, It had it has huge strengths uh, within it, but you know, they have to come up with something uh, which uh, will reform this two-century-old two uh, system. Hmm. Uh, They're very proud of it, but the point is that uh, I think increasingly uh, they've got to understand that it is, uh, it, it, it's creating a problem, that you can't have uh, the kind of situation that they are in, a uh, large number of poor people, people living in streets, um, which is unconscionable for a society. Uh, Which is so rich and so uh, so powerful Um, Mm. uh, As I said that where you have 30 million people no no medical insurance Mm. uh, uh, The kind of medical costs that come with uh, in the US uh, are ruinous People have to sell their property uh, to get treatment Mm. Uh, now India also uh, India doesn't have uh, uh, India also has a similar kind of a system uh, but Uh, We also have cheaper medicine, cheaper uh, doctors, uh, etc. But the point I'm trying to make is that uh, this is a system in dire need of reform. But the point is that, that reform usually only comes after a deep crisis. Now, this, what we have seen today, is a crisis. But the point is, it doesn't show any signs that there is a common understanding of that crisis. No. That you still have half of the americans uh, but they now uh, it's manifesting itself in an even more dangerous way where one half believes that the other half has cheated them out of an election you see and uh, that makes it even more dangerous so it, 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 leave alone understanding that there is a crisis yeah. uh, they are actually adding adding uh, even greater danger to that crisis by accusing the other side of 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 having uh, stolen the election,
0: mm. but even the uh, to be able to settle that, um, the, uh, the 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 system, the Supreme Court judges in various states won't even hear the evidence. And I'll give you an example. Uh, in um, in Australia, for example, we had a bishop here, an arch um, an Archbishop, or whatever he's you know. A, a, Cardinal, sorry about that, I just demoted the poor fellow. Uh, We had a Cardinal here, a Cardinal Powell, and he was found guilty in one of the lower courts. He was found guilty in the state Supreme Court. Uh, It was 2-1, and uh, it was unanimous in the other courts. Uh, He went to jail. He appealed that, which he should have. Went to the Supreme Court in Australia, which is not affiliated to any of the state governments. You know, whether the left or the right, they heard it on its merit. Don't forget, it had not been knocked knocked down twice. Found guilty unanimously. He was found not guilty. Seven zip. So, the same thing in the states. Yeah, you know, whether it's Pennsylvania or Wisconsin, um, Georgia, wherever, they're affiliated. The because yeah, they they're they're, nom- they're nominated by. The, the 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 governing party so just to not not even to hear uh the evidence and which is you know pretty disturbing to say the least back to you were saying before that half the half of america believes it was stolen doesn't help alleviate that concern does it
1: yeah absolutely I meaning i don't see any signs that uh, <clears throat> i because what i see is that this Gridlock is going to continue in the Biden uh, uh, Biden uh, period, and I don't think that there is enough bipartisanship <clears throat> to say, "Well, this needs fixing. Uh, let's uh, let's get to it." Mm. So, so I think things will have to break further. Uh, the United States uh, has further pain ahead uh, as a system.
0: You see, and of course, Before- China's, China's in the background, though, making sure that everything runs smoothly
1: absolutely I meaning that's the that's the uh, that's what the chinese uh, in the last 4 or 5 years mm. uh, have started propagating that uh, their system uh, is superior mm. meaning you know the the uh, 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 which is absolutely true in the sense the the uh, i'm not saying that the system is superior mm. all i'm trying to say is that the the uh, united states which has, uh, you know, it has managed to get away with all this because of its great wealth and affluence and uh, uh, its great university system, uh, which produced um, uh, produces, uh, you know, a lot of intellectual capital uh, for the for the country. But you know, you can't live on that uh, uh, without um, repairing it, without re-energizing it. Uh, you can't live on the glory of the past, and I think I have a, the, the U.S. has the tendency of uh, living in the glories of the past. Living, many of the guys who are supporting the Republicans are imagining in America of the 50s and 60s. That America is gone.
2: Mm.
1: It's, it's a very different the United States today, and somehow that adjustment is not coming. So there are two, there are two different worlds uh, that are that are. Uh, uh, functioning out there and uh, those worlds are not doing too well uh, uh, in themselves I mean you have uh, many of the supporters of Trump are people who have uh, who have lost jobs uh, they're white people uh, they, they they live in rural uh, communities mm. where job jobs have collapsed they don't have uh, uh, they're unemployed um, so so they the the and they blame You know, uh, China, they blame Mexico, they blame someone or the other. And uh, that's kind of manifests itself uh, in uh, in, in the kind of divisions that have come up. Uh, So the point I'm trying to make is that I don't see signs that of a society which is which understands that it has uh, these deep fissures and that they need to do something about it. Because I still see that both sides are bashing on regardless. And um, uh, I, I don't know what the end product will be because all of us, for all of us, the United States is very important uh, uh, as, a, as a world leader. And uh, if it abdicates that role, uh, everyone gets
0: into trouble. Looking at the, the, the world stage, I mean, once upon a time we'd say, And it was true, the world is getting to be a smaller place because air travel, communication, uh, cultural boundaries were crossed and was just getting smaller. COVID, though, and the unrest, whether it's domestically in the US or whether it's the China initiatives or what's happening in most countries around the world, it seems to be now the world is getting smaller, is really a... A saying or a uh, it's in the past we're not getting smaller we seem to have gone further apart we've expanded all of a sudden do you see us getting back to that stage down the track that will become again what a small world we live in and you can travel anywhere go anywhere share ideas um, become become humanity once again
1: Well, I think this is that's where uh, I put the importance of uh, uh, the United States because the United States was the leader. It was, uh, in the sense, the intellectual leader uh, of uh, the world. Set trends. You know, though the US may have been a big polluter, but the US also uh, people from the United States, scientists and others, came up with this whole climate change business. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're working. Uh, at ways to resolve it. So what I'm trying to say is that the, there is a huge amount of importance of the US as a liberal democracy, as a democracy that believes that you've got to carry the rest of the world with you and that the values uh, of the United States are worth uh, exporting and sharing with other countries in the world. Now, you can't have a situation where you say, well, I don't care what the other guys, you know, uh, like Trump used to, he got along very well with all the dictators, you know, Kim Jong-un, uh, Putin, uh, even with Xi Jinping, he got along uh, pretty well. Uh, but he ignored the democratic world, you know, mm-hmm. ignored people in Europe, uh, European leaders. Um, he, um, uh, uh, he was friendly enough uh, with, with uh, the Indian leaders. About the Japanese and others they've all been shaken by the Trump um, uh, experience because they all depended on the. US to provide that global leadership mm. so I think that that uh, uh, the United States sets the tone as it were and but the tone that is emerging right now this whole divisiveness that we we, we confront so we don't know what is it is it America first should it be America first? Or should it be America, the leader, the hegemon, the global hegemon, uh, which, is going to, uh, take, uh, which is going to set the agenda, uh, set a positive agenda, uh, and take everyone along with them? Or is the United States going to say, "The hell with you, uh, I got to move." You know, uh, uh, what's in it for me? Mm. So, so, so I think the the role of the U.S. is very important, and I think if, if the U.S. gets sets the right track, we may be able to see a restoration of that old world, a liberal democratic world, because, you know, Europe is still there. It's a huge European Union, uh, very rich, uh, huge area, largely liberal in its uh, outlook. Uh, we have the uh, UK, even though it's broken up with the uh, European Union. Again, it has a kind of a liberal global outlook. It's the United States which needs to rediscover, uh, rediscover uh, its mojo, as it were, mm. you know uh to, to 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 see more to see beyond uh just america first hmm. you know it, 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 the fact that america is first i no one doubts that america is going to remain the, the 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 number one power uh for a long time to come uh you look at it from you look at it from any way and uh, so no one doubts that but the point is that we're all looking for the United States to set an agenda, you know, in which I can say, well, yes, uh, I agree with it, and I'll move with this, with that agenda. And I think it's easier for us to do that.
2: Mm.
1: You know, I'm I'm talking as an Indian. Uh, I live here uh, in India, uh, but the only f- foreign country where I actually have blood relatives is the United States. Mm. You know, so so uh, I naturally tend to look at that country differently from then the way I look at other foreign countries. you know yeah. so I have a cousin here and another cousin there and aunt there um, they're Americans and uh, so so there is a there is, there is a different uh, different way in which many of us look at the United States and have expectations of the United States and uh, all of us are hoping that somehow this uh, that Biden, uh, will be able to tap back into that, that that uh, you know, kind of stream, uh, which was represented in many ways, uh, for example, by Obama for all his weaknesses and everything. Uh, Obama did, you know, manage to inspire uh, the world. The Paris Climate Change Agreement was an Obama thing, you know, uh, a stamp of his administration. So that's the kind of leadership we are expecting. And I think the Trump may have provided an important corrective though inadvertently i don't think he intended to do it but i think he's provided that corrective where everyone is uh, has understood how china has misused the global system has stolen technology from uh, from uh, different parts of the world has has uh, uh, forced companies to part with technology uh, has 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 behaved uh, in a very, um, uh, what should I say, um, uh, in a very self-centered uh, fashion, uh, not, not, not as the kind of world uh, leader as it puts itself out to be. So that corrective has come with the Trump administration. I think along with that corrective, if Biden can, can, can pull the strings, uh, uh, the older strings of the past, we may be, uh, you know, on a positive uh, track.
0: As the uh, Chinese say, may you lead an interesting life. I think I mentioned that to you last time. We certainly are. Uh, What will make it even more interesting? When this goes to air, by the way, uh, our first cricket test in Australia has been and gone. It's the pink ball one. (laughs) Um, I would like to look into my crystal ball and say that you guys put up a good show, but unfortunately you just didn't get there.
1: <laughs> well, that's cricket, you know. You you can't. It's it has always been a somewhat unpredictable uh, game. Mm. It's, it's very it's very different from um, most other kind of uh, uh, you know athletic uh, contests.
0: Mm. Well, the uh, Americans have trouble with it, uh, Doctor. They they you know you tell them that we have various forms of cricket, but the traditional one is the five-day test, and they say, "Well, that's a long yes. time to." Uh, to play a game to get a result, you say, "Oh no, there may be no result." And they look at you as like, "Wow, you guys are very yeah, well, patient." We
1: we we have the same problem with the American football. Meaning, i I'm, though as I said, I tried my best to uh, because as an I was an Americanist,
0: tried my best to understand it. I just cannot comprehend it. No, I, I often went to a bar. There's a bar around from my office in LA, and we. Um, I mean, I had no idea what was happening, but a couple of margaritas certainly got those uh, brain cells dying, <laughs> and I just joined in. It was great fun.
2: <laughs>
0: Thank you very much for your time. Uh, appreciate it. Okay, uh, Good luck. Uh, one more thing. Would you ever recommend someone become a journalist?
1: Maybe not in India <laughs> now, because uh, there are some problems here, meaning what has happened here is a lot of... Uh, government has undermined the profession and uh, that that old kind of freedom and liberality that's, and that's the problem that's a serious problem happening in india where uh, where we have an illiberal uh, government uh, in charge and which which has uh, been fairly successful in undermining the
0: the integrity of uh, the journalistic profession Dr. Manoj Joshi, thank you very much for your time.
1: Thanks, Mike.